Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So servanthood, two weeks ago I was away, I was up at uh, youth camp in Grafton speaking for uh, the youth camp of C3 Ballina and uh, so I didn't hear Pastor Phil's messages live but I went home and and I listened to them on the way to work on the podcast and um, you know what a great topic, what a fantastic topic this is, servanthood and uh, when I started thinking about it I knew I was uh, preaching on the topic and I started thinking about it and the thing that there was just one passage of scripture kept stirring my heart. And this was before I heard Pastor Phil preaching and it was uh, Philippians chapter 2. And uh, little did I know Pastor Phil spent a lot of time on this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Yaz, you should be experts in it by now. Is that correct? You looked at Philippians on Thursday night. Um, but we're going to go there again. I just want to... Uh, usually I, I go a whole bunch of different places and, and a bit of a thematic preach, but today I just want to go through this first part of Philippians 2 and just really uh, give you my two cents worth of what I get out of this passage. So I wonder if we uh, can pray before we get into it and um, then we shall read this scripture together. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for the stories we've heard this morning so far of our great um, senior leader, uh, turned grape stealer into pastor, Lord, building a great vision here. But God, for the numbers of people that have given uh, so much of their time, talent, treasure to build this church, God, we thank you that this is just the beginning. Uh, it might seem like we've been doing it a while, but God, we're so much more ahead and we just thank you for servant-hearted people. God, we thank you for the privilege to partake of what you're doing here in this region, in Jesus' name. Speak to us through your word this morning. Holy Spirit, anoint me. Anoint every heart. God, open our eyes so we may see spiritual things. God, open our eyes, take them off the natural and into the spiritual this morning that we may see great truths from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think we've got this first scripture on the screen. I don't have it in front of me. We're looking at the New Living Translation, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. If we can maybe take it back to verse 1, that would be wonderful. In due time. There we go. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to, be, to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names." And uh, as I say, I was just sort of thinking about this passage for like all last week and continue to this week. Uh, and so this morning, I sort of, the thing that uh, struck me about this passage was it's a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot about servanthood, but it's also a lot about unity. And it sort of struck me that those two are sort of, you can't, you can't have one without the other. They're sort of 
connected. And, you know, servanthood is a part of building unity, and it's a big picture of what we're doing here. Um, and so this morning, I sort of want to look at servanthood, but also unity as well. And so I'm just going to give you five perspectives that I believe we need to have so that we can walk in servanthood, we can work, uh, walk in unity, and we can see uh, some great fruit uh, come out of this church and what we're doing here. All right, well, let's get into it. Um, the first perspective that I think that we need to have uh, to walk in servanthood and to walk in unity is a perspective of purpose. Now, Philippians 2, 1 to 2 says, Is there any encouragement? Blah, 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 blah. That make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Now, I tell you what, there's so many things that we get caught up with in our world, isn't, isn't it? Like, we come to church, you've got a million things on your mind, you've got all these things going on, but we need to, I believe, come to the point of remembering the single purpose that we are here for, and that is saving lost souls. And that's why it's a real shame when there's no visitors in church. That's a real shame, because the whole purpose that we're here for of being equipped to go out as well, but also reaching people here, is to save lost souls. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture from John 4. I will have it up there in no time. Don't worry about this. Uh, John chapter 4. And I think this is incredible. I'm sure you've heard the story of the woman at the well. And uh, if you haven't, go and read it in John chapter 4 when you get home. But, wow. Thank you, Jonathan. You are the man. This is fantastic. Is that working? All right, let's go to here. Uh, John chapter 4. Woman of the world. Long story short is Jesus touches a life. You might say he saves someone. It's probably our equivalent these days. Someone gets saved. There's a woman by the well, outcast. He speaks into her world. While the disciples have gone off to get food and drink, he's there ministering to a lady. And she gets so touched, she goes off into a town and says, come and see the man that told me everything that I've ever done. So let's read. We pick it up um, after he's uh, spoken to her. The disciples come back and it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I love it that it says, my food, Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Um, What does food do? Food satisfies hunger. While the disciples have gone off and, and got into their natural zone, they're uh, talk, worrying about what they're eating in the natural, they're worrying about the, the natural things. Jesus, and they come back and say, Jesus, come and eat. And he goes, you've got no idea, guys. I've got food that you know nothing about. My food, that which satisfies my hunger, is to do the will of him who sent me. It's to do the purpose that God has in store for my life. And I honestly believe that we are heading into some of the most incredible times in this region. And this is times, I think, to not be caught up in the natural things of life. It is so great to have 
uh, family. You know, I'm getting married in five weeks and it's all happening. It's exciting. It's so great that we work. It's so great that we do this and that. But I think it is time that we have a divine hunger on the inside of our hearts for the plans and purposes of God for our time and for your life. And so Jesus, that's why, and, and so we're talking about here, we're talking about a perspective of purpose. We are not here to be going through the motions of church. We're not here to have a nice life. We're not here to, to have the, the things that everyone else in the, the world lives and, and have church as an add-on. Our, our purpose together as a church is to save lost souls, is to see the kingdom of God come to pass on this earth. And it, it's really stirring me at the moment that we need to have an appetite for that. If we've got no appetite for the things of God, if we've got no, no appetite, then the food of, his, of doing His work is not going to satisfy our hunger. If we're craving after the things of the world, if we're craving after the things of the natural, then what we're going to need to satisfy that is the things of the natural. But if we've got a hunger that is a spiritual hunger and a spiritual thirst on the inside of our hearts, then the thing that is going to satisfy that is, is doing the work of God. And I just think we should be turning up here, not as an add-on, not as a, uh, another thing to do, but, but we're moving together forward we're like this army of people moving together, building the purposes of God. And I, I believe that we need the adult church to have that passion and have that hunger. And so I see it amongst youth as, you know, you you know, there's a lot of negative things about youth today, but there was when Pastor Phil was a youth as well. He used to steal grapes. But, um, but, and it's great to have passionate youth. It's great to have passionate young adults, but we need passionate adults to reach adults. Serious, we, we, we need passionate adults. You're excited, Pastor Julie. Now, I'm passionate about youth ministry. I'm, you feel the adults stirring up. Absolutely, absolutely. They're about to go, yeah. And, and youth are, they're about to go, give a man, it's mighty. Um, and, and, you know, I just, you know, we were at Hope You See on Friday night and, and the youth pastor was up and he was, and he was preaching and I was just like, it's exactly what I'm sensing. It's like happening all around the coast. And, and we can totally just go along and, and go through the motions and, and do that. But I think we need to have a perspective of purpose. We need to remind ourselves why we're here. And that helps us serve. It helps us remember that this is what we're here for. We're not here just building an organization, setting up chairs, making a kitchen happen, doing all these natural things. We're building the kingdom of God. We're building the kingdom of God. It helps us keep in unity because all of a sudden we're majoring on the majors and not the minors. We're coming into church and we're not worrying about the little things. You know, before 9.30 this morning, I would have had a chance to be offended uh, in some ways. We're going to be offended. We're going to be little things that stir us and grate us as we're a whole bunch of different people coming together. That if we have the, the, the perspective of purpose that, that, um, that Paul says here, he says that uh, as we're working together with one mind and purpose, you know, and, and this is where servanthood ta- comes in as well because it says working together. You know, I'm going to talk about the attitude of servanthood, but servanthood also takes work. It takes us chipping, it takes us working, it takes us having a go. And I believe that we can do that without burning out and I'll share a little bit more about that later on. So that's the first thing that I think we need to have a perspective of. Um, the th- next thing I think we need to have a, a, a correct perspective of, let's change up colors, is uh, perspective, a correct perspective of pride. Um, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, I love the Bible because it says in one sentence, 
uh, and makes it sound so easy, things that are so, so hard to do, doesn't it? It's just like, just think of others better than yourself. So, like, oh, okay, let's just do that then. That's fantastic. But there's so many things on the inside of our heart that make that very, very difficult to do. And that's why the theme that Pastor Phil started was being changed from the inside out, isn't it? Because we need a shift on the inside of us so that we can pull off these things. And I think servanthood and unity, for me, it's like a bit of a, it's a, bit of a fluffy subject. It's a nice one. It's like loving each other. And it's like, this is awesome. But, you know, how much of the New Testament was about this stuff? Was Paul writing to churches saying, uh, speaking violently against people, bringing disunity, and, and speaking passionately about unity and serving and building the church? Um, so two things that I think, uh, one thing that I think uh, helps us uh, is a blockage to thinking of others better than ourselves, and, and that's pride. And I think it comes in two forms. First one would be arrogance, an arrogant pride, uh, where people genuinely think that they're better than others. Um, and, and it's a genuine uh, feeling of superiority. I, in our nation, I don't think that's so much a problem. Uh, I think the second one I'm about to share with you is more of a problem, but Romans 12.3 says, For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. And so we're not thinking about, when we think of others better, we're not thinking uh, terribly about ourselves, and we're not thinking they're more worthy than us, but we're thinking of them uh, as better, which I'll explain in a second. The second thing, this is the thing that I think most people have a problem with in our nation, which is a form of pride, I think, and that's insecurity. Uh, insecurity, rather than this uh, supe- feeling of superiority, is a feeling of inferiority. Right. And uh, it's equally as detrimental to unity and servanthood in the church as arrogance is. Um, because, it is, uh, you know, it, while the arrogant person would try and push himself forward, so the insecure person does. Because they feel inferior in their hearts, they try and have, they feel like pushing themselves forward will make them feel more, you know, better about themselves, uh, more significant. And, um, and, and that's a problem. I think, as it said in Romans 12, 3, we need to have a sober judgment of ourselves, not thinking of ourselves too highly, not thinking of ourselves too lowly, but just having a good perspective of, of what we have. Check this out. This is what Paul says about himself, and I think this is really cool. Paul, so the first thing he he knew who he was called to be. Then he said, a servant of Christ Jesus, he knew what he was called to be. And then he said, an apostle set apart for the gospel, he knew what he was called to do. And so I think if we all know who we are, we know what we're called to be, and we know what we're called to do, then we can be the body of Christ that God's called us to be. And we're not trying to push ourselves above people. We're not thinking of ourselves more highly than others. We're not thinking of ourselves more lowly than others. But we know that each one of us right here today has something on the inside of us that God has in store to build this church and move us forward. Um, Superiority will will stop us trying to, we'll think we're above things, we're above servanthood, we're above this task, we're above that task inferiority will think that we're not worthy of this thing, we're not worthy of that. And it causes a whole bunch of different things and helps and, and stops us serving God and stops us working in unity together to be moving forward, building the purpose that we're here to build. And so we just, I think if we have this, this accurate view of who we are, what we're called to do, so, you know, you can insert your name there. Um, 
you know, you can say, uh, Pastor Phil, a servant of Jesus Christ. They're the same. The only things that change is the name, your name. Servant of Christ, that stays the same for everyone. What you're called to do might be a little bit different. Called to do this, called to teach, called to serve, called to be generous, called to um, preach, called to teach, called to show hospitality, called to do this. Whatever it is that you're called to do, we're heading into a season where if we are honestly serious about seeing the plans of God come to pass in our, in our area and through this church, then it's going to be as one people working together, each having their own part to play, each being comfortable in that, and, each, and then from that from that position, we can then esteem others as better than ourselves. Say, no, I want you to be blessed. I want you to go forward and believe in you and you're awesome and you're this and that. And so it's not an inferior, you're better, I'm nothing. It's just an accurate, sober judgment of who we are that we can then believe in other people. Uh, the third thing that I think we need to have a perspective of is people. Don't look, out, uh, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, let's turn to Genesis chapter 40, uh, the story of Joseph. I think I've got it on here. Here we go. Genesis 40, verse 4 to 8. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. Uh, So he asked Pharaoh's officials, who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Now, the thing that strikes me about this as well is that he saw that they were dejected. So often we're so focused on ourselves that we can't even look to other people. We come to church and we're so caught up about our own things, so caught up about our own problems, so caught up about our own dreams and our own visions that our focus can't be on other people. Um, For Joseph, check out this one as well. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. For a person like Joseph, who was in jail, he had dreams of his own, and he was, the fir- he was at a place that was as far away from the fulfillment of his dreams as he could possibly have been. And two people come to him and say, I've got a dream. And, you know, if he was looking to his own interests, and if he was so consumed in, in his situation, he'd be saying, you know what, I had a dream as well, and look where it got me. Go sort yourself out sitting in his own pity party. But he said, he goes, tell me your dreams. He was in the worst of places. He was in the the, the most challenging of circumstances, yet he saw other people. And he came into this place and he said, tell me your dreams. I want to hear them. I think that is just an incredible thing for someone to do. What a hard thing that is to do. Um, And so I think if if we can rise above what's going on in our world, it doesn't deny, it, does, it says, it says um, here, do not look only for your own interests. Your own interests are fine. That's good to have your own interests. And he later on says to them, hey, remember me when you go out. It's fine, but it says, but take an interest in others too. We've got to be here and have a perspective of people if we're going to serve and if we're going to um, have unity in the church. Habakkuk uh, 3.19 says this, the sovereign Lord is my strength. 
He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And when I was uh, flying recently and it was raining, but then we got above the clouds and it hit me something, it's a little bit girly, I know, but uh, it, it hit me that the sun's always shining above the clouds. You know, it was like, oh, it's not just like this whole thing that's taken over the atmosphere. It's like when you rise above that, the sun's shining. And so Habakkuk says that the Lord enables me to tread on the heights. As we, you know, have, a, have an accurate opinion, a, an accurate view of our circumstances and our problems, we can come into church, we can serve, we can be in unity, and we cannot let our problems affect what we're doing here. If you've got that attitude, you can stand on the door with Tim, and you can smile at someone as they walk in and say, hey, how are you? How's your life going? Even though your world might be in inner, term, inner, inner, inner turmoil. You might be able to come to the band and you can play there and you can strum. And you can, this is amazing. Even though your world's falling apart on the inside because you've got an accurate perspective, because you're here for the bigger purpose. You're looking at other people and saying, I'm here to serve people. I'm here to see other people uh, blessed. I'm here to see other people move forward. And I'm not going to be stuck looking inward at the things that are going on in my own world. And it doesn't detract from what's going on in your world. I know it can be very serious. But if we stay there, we're ineffective. And we're not going to be building anything. And we can't serve and we can't be in unity. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, why aren't people caring about me? If we care about other people, we'll find care in us. Like, I mean, Katrina, I mean, you know, Katrina ha- facing all sorts of things, but, but is always still looking at other people. And I think that's incredible. It's just always other people, how are you going? How are you going? It's like, oh, look at me, woe is me. It's serious stuff going on, but it's like looking to other people. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, so these are just my thoughts this morning. All right, I'm just like, just as I've been going through this passage, some things that struck out to me. Sorry, it's hard to choose colors. Um, the next thing, I was paused there for a little while because it's like, you know, it's like, which ones? Uh, all right, green. Uh, I'll go green next. Um, the second, the fourth, oh, I'm flying through this. We're doing great for time. Oh, and it's almost 11 o'clock, so that's good. Uh, the fourth thing that I think we need to have a perspective of is a perspective of position. Now, this says you must have the same attitude as that, that as Christ Jesus had. When we're talking about uh, servanthood and unity, we're talking much more about an attitude than a behavior. Because, you know, we can, we, ultimately we'll see, we want to see the behavior of servanthood kicking into people's hearts. We want to see behaviors kicking in. But Paul didn't just say, do what Christ Jesus did, said, uh, have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Because you can, have, uh, the, you can have someone that has the behavior of a servant without the attitude of a servant. But you're not going to find anyone with the attitude of a servant that doesn't have the behavior of a servant. This is why it's so important working from the inside out. You know, it's all about our attitude. If you don't have the attitude of a servant, then you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be offended, you're going to be just dry, you're going to get, you know, everything's going to be such a chore because you're doing it out of works. It's a fleshy, uh, natural act of service. But when you've got a, a, a heart of servanthood, when you've got an attitude on the inside of you that is of a servant, you're going to be serving forever and ever and ever, not getting burnt out, not getting weary in doing good, but keep going. Like, look at Frank, man. I, I just think, when I feel, I'm like, is, there, is this guy ever going to stop 
ever going to get a bad attitude, ever going to stop serving, but he just doesn't. Why? Because he has the attitude of a servant on the inside. This isn't a guy that's... Totally. This isn't a guy that's just trying to please Pastor Phil and Julie. Uh, You wouldn't last 16 years doing that. This isn't a guy that's trying to get the praises of man because this guy is serving when no one's looking. This is a guy that's just a, a servant on the inside. Now, Tim McGrath hasn't been in the church as long that he's been down Oxford Falls. I see the same thing. I see a heart, an attitude of a servant, not, a, not an act of a servant. You know what I mean? This is what we're about. We need to have a shift on the inside of our hearts. Because if we don't have the shift on the inside of our hearts for servanthood, then we're pushing dirt uphill because we're just going to be flogging people. Go, Come on, serve, 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 serve. Like... So we're not trying to push people to serve. We're trying to push people to, be, to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that is the thing that we have. Um, here's a few things about the attitude of a servant. And um, it is an attitude of, I get to, not I have to. Man, I tell you, Pastor Phil said this morning, he walked in and the first thing, we're praying and Pastor Phil walks in as he does and just starts praying. And, and before he says anything, he just walks in, yes, Lord. And he says, God, thank you for the privilege of being here, building your church. It's I get to. And I think it's, you know, this is why I really love doing what I do because, for, as a volunteer, because you guys aren't giving me any money to do what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't have to. I get to. I get to do this. this. is amazing. I think it's such a privilege to be a youth pastor. Like, this is not something that like, oh, I have to be, a, I have to go to youth tonight. I have to be a youth pastor. No, I don't have to. I could pull a pin right now if I wanted to. I get to. This is an opportunity that I get to be a part of, that I get to do. Um, it's not an, I think the attitude of a, of a servant is, um, you've done me a favor, not I'm doing you a favor. I think so many people serve, and it's like, oh, you, got me, yeah, you owe me a favor now. I'm doing you a favor in doing this. You're, none of you are doing us a favor. <laughs> we appreciate you. Absolutely, we appreciate you. But you're not doing us a favor. If you don't do it, someone else will. Every time someone's left our worship team, and we go, oh, but how, what are we going to do? Someone else comes along. God's going to build His church. It's a privilege for you to be a part of it. Absolute privilege. Um, I think of the offering that it speaks of in 2 Corinthians 8 or 9 and the Macedonian church, and they said, and it says they begged us for the privilege of partaking in the gospel. The privilege. Man, I'll tell you, you're not doing us a favor even giving to the church. We're doing you a favor allowing you to give to the church. Doesn't go down too well, does it sometimes? But, um, but it's a privilege, man. That's the heart of a servant. You know, it's a heart of a servant is that it's a privilege. Um, pastor Phil and Julie aren't doing me a favor by letting me be youth pastor. Um, you know, I, it, is a, it is a favor being done to me that I'm entrusted in a position to build the church. I'll always, I pray, I never turn what I get to do into what I have to do and, and, and change my perspective of servanthood. Um, what else have we got here? It is an attitude of, I don't deserve, not I do deserve. Serving is not a right, it's a privilege. <laughs> We've covered that. It's not a right. You have no rights in the, in, the, in the church. You have no rights of what you should and shouldn't be doing. Tim doesn't have the right to come up here and do the communion message. I don't have the right to come up here and preach. Uh, Jeff doesn't have the right to get up there. It's a privilege. We have the privilege of serving God. We have the privilege of being a part of everything that's going on here. That's my thoughts anyway.
Uh, and lastly, it's an attitude regardless of praise, not because of praise. So like, you know, we serve and we, and we, we hope that someone sees us and, and gives us a bit of praise. And, and we're do, if, if someone encourages us and thanks us for what we're doing, then we'll keep going. But if they don't, then we'll up and out of here. And no one cares about me. No one values me. No, no. Whatever. Like, now, look at Dickie. I've been thinking of Dickie all week when I think of this servant. I think Dickie's got the heart of a servant. And like the amount of stuff that I, you know, the amount of times it turns up to, and, and there's so many people in here that, you know, we can talk about, but, you know, it turns up, sets up the chairs, as soon as the service finishes, chairs away, not looking at all for, you know, Dickie doesn't get near the praise that he deserves, you know, but man, he just keeps going, keeps serving hard, I just think that's incredible. Um, and so, the yeah, last thing on this scripture, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm going to wrap up really soon, um, not, the, anyway. Um, check this out he says you must have the same though he was God he did not think instead he gave up he took um, he humbled himself servanthood is an us thing (laughs) God's not going to make us servant hearted he'll help us become servant hearted if we want to but this is something it's like a choice that we're in as well it's like this thing like when I'm at the gym uh, and I've got to go at like six in the morning so I can get to work, and it's just terror. It's just like nothing fun about it, one at, at, at all. It's not something I enjoy doing. It's not something I want to do. But and I, sometimes I'm there like on the treadmill, and I've been going for about five or ten minutes. So I just have to start yelling at myself. I'm just like, come on, pump up, guys! Like it's like, wake up! Like get into this! I just need to start psyching myself up to do it. And and um, I didn't realize there was a guy behind me the other day, and I was yelling at myself. <laughs> that was a little bit awkward, but. But, but the thing is that sometimes we just need to, we need to realign our focus. We need to choose to realign our focus. We can get so stuck in our ways. We can get, get stuck in the motions. We can get so stuck in everything that we're doing. We're going here, church. You know, we're not in a time for, for, for getting stuck in the motions and just going through and having church as an add-on, the kingdom of God as an add-on in our life. Now's the time to shake up our mindset and to, and to just stir in our heart an attitude of servanthood so that we can hit the road running. Yeah. Now is the time, we read the scripture before, not four months, now is the time for us to get on, to switch ourselves on, and to walk in this attitude. And we can choose to do that. The very last thing I want to share about this morning, who suggested green, that green, um, is this, a perspective of promotion. And Pastor Phil spoke about this um, a little bit a couple of weeks ago as well, but it's worthy to, to look at again. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. And you know, when he it says, uh, I don't know if we have it there. I don't have it up here, the scripture that's just before this. It says, because Jesus humbled himself and took this place, therefore God, God exalted Christ not because of who he was, but because of his obedience. Not because of his nature, but by what he did. And he didn't say because he was the son of God, God exalted him. No, he said, although he was the son of God, because he took up this position, therefore God exalted him. And, you know, I hope that people were in a church where people have ambitions and, um, and, and you want to move forward in the call of God on your life and you want to do things for God. Because if you don't, like if... You know, it's, it, that's a healthy attitude. Um, but we've got to understand that promotion comes not from half the ways that we think it does. Promotion comes from God. And, and Psalm 75, 
6 to 7 says this, No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves. It is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. God is the one who promotes us. We don't need to promote ourselves. We don't need anyone else to promote us. Pastor Phil and Julie don't even promote us. They act on behalf of, uh, of God. But God is the one who promotes us. And, and so, so what do we do then? Uh, we serve. Because servanthood is the doorway. Oh, let's go again. The doorway to destiny. Servanthood is the doorway to destiny. Your future in God, your future purposes, your future plans. If you don't have any of those, then I'm preaching to the wrong group. Uh, if you're just content, you know, well, I don't care really what I do. No, we should be going, yeah, I'm going to do things for God. It's, it's fine to do that. It's a great attitude to have. I want to build God's kingdom. I want to do great things. I want to, you know, see things. Even if you're older, this is not, an, it's a, not a youth thing. It's like old men will dream, you know, have dreams and visions as well as the young, however, dream dreams. And, you know, we all need to have a vision, a purpose, a, 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 a goal. But it comes by servanthood. It comes by servanthood. What do you need to do to reach it? You need to serve. Oh, but, but, you know, but who do I need to hang around? What do I need? No, you just need to serve. See, Rebecca in Genesis 24, she had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. Um, what happened was uh, Abraham sent out his servant to find a wife for Isaac. Um, and, and, they, and the servant said, God, let the one who... Uh, offers to give me a drink and also uh, give my camels a drink as well. Let him, let that be the, the let she, let that be the, per, the girl that my servant Isaac is going to marry. And, um, but she had no idea of that. She was just there going along a day. A guy comes up to her and says, can I have a drink? She goes, no worries, I'll give some to your camels as well. She had no idea that that ser- act of service was going to be the doorway to a future in God. And we think so often that we have to do, we have to weave, we have to climb, we have to push, we have to do all these things. Forget about it. doesn't matter how well trained you are, how good a people you know, your social status and circle. It matters about your servant heart. And that is the doorway to your future. Um, And so, you know, I was thinking of Luke Eagle as he goes up there, you know, and I'm wrapping up that Luke, you just keep listening because, you know, I, I just think like Luke, for example, he would seem like he's, his heart's in so many places. He's got vision. He's got dreams. He's got a, whole, a, a vision of a future. And right now, Luke, you probably feel like you're maybe like a Joseph and as far, and as, you know, as far from it as you could think. But the guy's playing drums for us serving the church he hates doing that <laughs> hate to tell you that it, it's no, he doesn't he doesn't enjoy it. it's not like he's going i'm going to be a drummer it's my future i'm going to be a drummer this is my call this is my future but what he does say is well there's a need right now and god's called me to do this i'm going to serve and luke the best is yet to come man and 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 servanthood is going to be the doorway to his destiny as well and it's the same for everyone else why don't we stand up We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.
Christmas.